Welcome to Radiant Church Podcast. We want Jesus to be the message in everything we do. We are those who look to him. Now, here's David Perkins. Father, we love you, and God, I just thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for the men and women that are here, and I thank you for this church. I thank you for, God, the fact that people are giving their lives to Jesus. We thank you for, God, the, the, this process that we're in of becoming disciples, and we just say to you, we want to be wholehearted disciples, God. We want to look like you, and, and we want to be like you, and we ask that you would do a work in our hearts today. God, we ask that on this specific day, you would do something supernatural in our hearts. God, may we not be content with where we're at, but may we grow stronger and stronger in our walk with you. So we honor you and we love you. And everyone said, amen. Amen. My question this morning is just this. How close are you to Jesus right now? Like, not how close have you been in the past and not necessarily what's your, your, your aim for one day, but in this present tense, like right now, when you look at where you're at, How close are you to Jesus today? Like your own relationship with God right now. I I know that for many of us, it's easy to look at the past and have some awesome moments or experiences or encounters, or for many of us to be futuristic and look at the resolution that we have to be close to God. But I want us to focus in today about in the present tense, the processes and the decisions that we're making to be close to Jesus Now, and there's this verse in Luke chapter five that we're gonna look at today, in verse 16, where you see a window into Jesus' relationship with his father. And it's in Luke 5, 16, where it says that Jesus left the crowds so that he could be alone with his father. It says that he would often withdraw to be alone with his father in NIV. But in the new century, it says this. It says that Jesus would often slip away to be alone with his father. And today, where I want us to go is that there would be a craving, a desire to get away, to slip away and make this decision. In your own journey and in your own life, you're going to follow the example of Jesus and like him, make a choice to get alone, slip away to be with your father. 1 John 2, 6 says, anyone who claims to be in Christ must walk as Jesus did. Well, when we look at the life of Jesus Jesus is slipping away to be alone with his father. And sometimes there are many of you in this room that you think, well, that's for a different kind of person. I've tried that. I've read the book. I've heard the sermon. And that's for somebody else. It's not for me. And there's a justification. There's a reason. There's a story. And my prayer for you is that you would erase some of those pains and thoughts. And that today you would at least take a step in this resolution that this is not something that is just created in modern day American Christianity, but that when we read Jesus, Jesus is slipping away to be with his father. Jesus wants to get away to pray. And my hope is that in your own calendar and in your own schedule, in the midst of all the busy things that you do, and I know that you've got a lot. I know that you've got a lot on your plate, but in the midst of all that, that you would make a resolution to be like Jesus and as one of his followers, do what he did. And one of the things that he did was slip away to get alone with his father. And when I look at the story of Jesus wanting to get alone with his father, where I start with is his motivation. Many of us, our motivation is, well, I know that I ought to do it. And I've heard sermons about it, read a book on it. And it seems to be what the disciplined Christians do. And so therefore, 
I ought to do it. And I want to pull back from that for just a moment. Because though there's some very clear linear logic in the fact that as you set a discipline, you'll become stronger in that discipline. And there's no doubt about it. We could have a whole sermon or a whole message on that concept, maybe a whole series. But I want to go to a different motive today. And I want you to see what exists in the heart of God the Father for his son that highly, most, most probable is the reason why Jesus is motivated to be with his father. When you read Jesus in the gospels and he says things like, I only do what I see my father doing. When you look at him in the garden and he's saying, father, not my will, but yours be done. When he's talking, when he's praying in John 17 and you read his prayers, you can see this closeness that he has with the father. This, this real desire to carry out the mission that his father sent him on And you can find in Jesus an authentic, intimate relationship with his father. And I want to contend this morning that the motivation, the primary way that Jesus for sure feels like his father feels about him is that he knows his father loves him and delights in him. And so when that exists in his heart, then undoubtedly we love to be with people that love to be with us. And so I think when we look at, number one, when we look at Jesus and his relationship with his father, one of my favorite texts in the scripture, I mean, just one that I I, I love. It's one of the ones that probably comes out when I preach a lot because it's one of the ones that's rearranged my life is in Matthew chapter three, where we have the story, the baptism event, where God the father audibly declares out loud, I mean, God of Eternity past says, this is my son whom I love with whom I'm well pleased. And if you're Jesus and fully God, fully man, but 30 years old and you hear from heaven in front of everybody that's around, this is the one that I love. This is my son. I like you. Woo. Well, if you like me, (laughs) I like you. And there's a permanent statement, audible voice from heaven. And as I talk with people and I talk about spending time alone with God, so often I think that we've got not that view, but we've got a view that says, if I get, al- if I get alone with God, it's probably going to be one where I'm mostly just saying, I'm sorry. After all, I have this addiction. After all, I haven't, I haven't had time alone with God in months. After all, I, I, I've got 17 reasons why God's probably annoyed with me. God's probably angry with me, why I have fallen short. And I just, I just kind of want to punt on that whole idea and discipline because I just, it's just almost irritating to think about it. But I want you to press into this. If you have a father who loves you like he loves his son, which Jesus says that to imperfect disciples in John 15, when he says, as the father has loved me, so I have loved you. He looks at disciples that are gonna deny him that very night, not perfect people. And he says, the way that God the Father audibly declares, he loves me. That's how I feel about you. That's I love you like that. So if you take that you have a father that loves and delights in you, my bet is that you are significantly motivated to say, if he loves me like that, Man, I want to be with the one who loves me like that. First John four nineteen. we love him because he first loved us. 
And so if even at the beginning of your time alone with God is just a reminder, oh yeah, you love me. Whew. Everybody, everybody enjoys feeling unconditionally loved. And that's your story. I remember about six years ago, uh, my dad and I, uh, my dad was pastoring in Washington State and I was pastoring in Colorado. And, and this had never happened before. He's, uh, he's in a denomination and I was in an independent church and we were kind of running in, in different flows, different uh, streams of the body of Christ. And it just so happened that an independent men's conference called and invited him to speak at the same conference that they invited me to speak at. And so it just so happened that he was speaking in the afternoon. I was speaking in the morning session. And so we we scheduled our flights and we, we flew there together and, and we just kind of collaborated about what we were going to talk about. So we met at the airport. And so at his first leg of his flight, you know, we, we was different. He came in from, from uh, Seattle and I came in from, from Denver and then we, we met in Chicago and then we took a small plane over. And, and so we just, we just talked the whole way there and, and, and we were just, we were just talking and, and it was kind of fun. You know, it's the first time that ever happened. And, and we got there and, and I did the morning session. And so I'm, I'm there and, you know, my dad, he's like disciplined machine and he's got, you know, white hair and he's kind of rhythmic and methodical and smart. And I'm none of those things. I'm like, well, the last, anyway, but I, I mean, I'm kind of like excited and I spit all the time and ah, life's fun. And, and so we're, you know, we're just kind of contrast, but, but, but my dad's sitting there on the front row and it was just a powerful moment because I'm just like doing my thing. It's a men's conference and I'm just like, you know, talking hundred miles an hour and spitting on dudes and guys are backing up to the third row because I'm annoying them. And my dad though, he's sitting on the front row. It's just a moment I'll never forget where I just look out and I'm just, I can't even remember the message, but I just know that I'm just screaming at everybody. And, and I look at my dad and he's just got, you know, just big tears coming down, you know, like that as he looks at me and and it's, it's, a, it's a moment that I'll never forget. It's a moment that I, I always cherish. And he never said, hey, great job, son. He never said, I just knew it. I, I, it didn't, I, didn't, I didn't need, I, the whole time I was up there, I mean, I was, I was feeling, I was, I was feeling his delight, knowing that, man, he just, he just loves me. He just, he's just proud of me. And when you got that, when you know you've got this father that, that loves you and delights in you, then the motivation to be with him is not so much the I ought, it's the I want. It's not just the duty, it's the delight. And so it's this privilege that you've got a father that even though you are broken, even though you've still got that addiction, that he looks at you and you sit down and you got your cup of coffee and you pull out the journal and the Bible or however it is that you spend time with God, and that he takes delight and takes pleasure in you. And my prayer is that for each one of us, that we would, that we would grow in that decision to spend time with God that way. Like that it would be a part of your life. And I know, undoubtedly, there's the rebuttal that comes back. Hey, man, I've tried that. Didn't work for me. Listen, I just want you to come at it, not as a consumer, but as a disciple. I want you to come at it today, not thinking I'm going to pragmatically do whatever I have to do, whatever method I like. But I want you to see instead the example of Jesus. And Jesus is always slipping away to be alone with his father. And this morning, I'm not pressing the method how you spend time with God. I'm pressing that you spend time with God. I'm talking about just sheerly what takes place 
in the nature of the time with him. Like that it's, it's, and it's, it's time. And it's your father that looks at you and delights in it. And I would say that it might look different for many of you. Like it might not look like the book that you read. It might not look like the sermon that you heard. The way that Renata and I spend time with God, she's, she does it different than I do. I'm addicted to coffee shops. I just always have been. It's like my favorite thing. And so it started for me when I was in college and I had a, I had a coffee shop for each day of the week. And I just had seven coffee shops and I've talked to some Christians that said, hey, that's a waste of money. You could actually do other things with that funds. And I got, that's the, that's the best investment of $20 a week. I know. I, but, but for me, that's the way that I've loved it. I, that's, I, honestly, even when I lived in Colorado, I mean, I had, I had a killer office. I could see Pikes Peak, and it was a big office. I had all my commentaries and all my books, and I had couches, and I had all this, I had this really nice office. I, I never spent time with God in that office. I always went to the little cheap coffee shop down the road, black coffee, alone with God, people everywhere. I just like it. It's just, I don't know why. I mean, other people say it's so weird. There's people around. I'd be, yeah, but I got earphones. I got headphones. I'm fine. And, and it's just me. And so, and so I say that to say, I, I don't know. I believe that God takes delight in you. And I'm not saying that you got to copy someone else. I'm saying, I want to encourage you to figure out how you connect with God, what it looks like. And I think God, your father, can take individual delight with each one of his children differently in the way that they connect. And it's not the how, it's the that. It's the, it happens. It's, I'm, so I'm a dad of four. I've got Dawson, Olivia, Adeline, and Justice. And one of the things that I took from my dad, which he did with me as a child, and now I do with my kids, is I love to spend time one-on-one with them. And, and so my goal is to have some one-on-one time every week with each one of my kids. And so I don't hit it 100%, but I hit it a lot more than if I never made it a goal. And so I, I, I've got a, a lot of time with these, with these guys one-on-one. And they're all different. Like Dawson is a conversationalist. He's 12. And so I'll sit down with Dawson and I'll just be like, hey, buddy, how you doing? Tell me about what's happening in your life. And the conversationalist, he just smiles from ear to ear and he's like, and then he just flips it back on you. And how are you? And I'm like, well, I'm great. And he's just, he just, he's just, he's just great. He's a conversationalist. My daughter, Olivia, she does not really care what the conversation is. She mostly cares about what we're going to eat during our time together. Like, that's really all that matters. Like, she'll give me the conversation if she gets the frosty. That's the motive. So when she gets in the car, there's, there's, there's this lingering awkwardness where I'm asking her about Jesus, and she's looking at me with eyes like, where are we going? Right? Because here's what she cares about. It's like, Dad, I'll talk. But, man, the way we connect is when we connect over a frosty. That's the thing. Adeline Grace, she doesn't care that much about the conversation. She really doesn't care that much about what we eat, but Adeline wants to have fun. So we better sing. Like, we better, like, we better have a good time. It is about, it is about having fun. And so sometimes, it's a lot of times singing songs, sometimes it's telling stories, and, and we don't have to go deep, and we don't even have to eat, but let's play. Like, let's, let's make sure that it's fun. And my son, Justice, he's, my son, Justice is a doer. And so our best time together was last week, we put a bike rack together and he's like over there and he's, he's actually so good. He's like trying to like not have me do it. He wants to do it. And we actually have this great fun when we, when we do something together. That's like the way that he enjoys connecting. Here's my point. All of my kids 
enjoy connecting with me differently. And I take great delight in all four, even though we connect differently. And so when you hear or read a blog, a sermon, a book, a story, a testimony from a friend, and they've got this one method, here's, my, here's what I'll encourage you to do. Don't judge them. Don't say it's different for you. Don't, just figure out. You have a father that takes great pleasure over you and figure out how. You. And it doesn't have to be like their how. It just has to be your, you do it. It's, it's, it's real. It's like a part of your story. It's something that you care about. My prayer for you and my dream as I think about the next 40 years, I'm gonna live to 80, bless the Lord. The next 40, 40 years of pastoring this church is I dream about you having a vibrant relationship with God where the highest priority in your day is to be with him, to slip away, to be alone with God. And I know that you've got a lot. I know there's businesses, there's bills to pay, there's lawns to mow, there's kids to disciple, there's marriages to, to connect with, keep to date, go out. There's a lot there. I mean, there's a lot. You're, every, you got a lot. And our temptation is to go, well, because I have so much, well, God understands. Here's what I, I wanna encourage you with. Not a God understands that I'm busy, but to flip it and say, okay, out of the great privileges I have on planet earth, knowing God is the highest one. And I'm made for relationship. And since I'm made for relationship, the highest priority in terms of my time is I'm going to make time to be alone with God, to just be with him, just connect with him. And I don't know if it's a coffee shop. I don't know. It's different. For Renata and I, it's looked... It's looked really different for her for different seasons because she had four kids in five years. <laughs> there was a season in her life where it was like, I'd go up and I'd be like, babe, how you doing? And she's like, you know, got the, got the journal and the book and laying in bed for nap time. And, you know, like, it's like, should I, should I spend time with Jesus or should I take the nap, right? And I think there's plenty of times God's like, hey, the way you, I mean, you just go ahead and just sweet dreams. I mean, you know, like I'll give you a dream. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I, I mean, I think, I think we serve a God that has great delight in us and sees where we're at. But I want to encourage you to have this resolution that just determined, I'm, man, I got a lot going, but, but I'm going to be with him. I'm going to know him. And I'm going to push down some of the other priorities in my life in order to make that one highest. And when we look at Jesus, when we look at his life, Jesus is constantly getting alone to be with his father. Look at this text, Luke chapter five. I just love it because in the NIV it says, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. And I looked at about 25 different versions on this one because I was just intrigued by this verse. And this new century version came alive for me. So this is the one I wanna most emphasize today. But Jesus often, and here it is, Jesus often slipped away. Slipped away to be alone so he could pray. So the context of Luke 5 is Jesus is healing and there's crowds. And Jesus turns his back on the crowd to go be alone with his father. Like Jesus turns his back on great ministry and people that needed him. Turn his back on good things in order to be alone 
with his father. And I say that to say because your life is filled with a lot of good things. And I'm not saying, hey, get rid of all the bad stuff so you can have time alone with God. I, I'm, I, I understand that for most of us, it's giving up something that is probably extremely good in order to create time to be alone with God. But what I am saying is, I know, I know that if this resonates and if this locks in with your heart, no matter what season you go through, this will anchor you. This will become your greatest delight. And vulnerably, I'll tell you, in my journey, I, in my journey, whether we're talking about high school or college or being an adult for, I don't know when I started as an adult, however long I've been an adult, last five or six years, um, <laughs> you're not really an adult when you're a youth pastor, just so you know, you're just, you're just not. But anyway, and so in my journey though, it's, there's nothing that compares to it. Like no discipline, no process, no sermon, no blog, no nothing. The number one thing that's helped me. And, and, and I look at it in the, in, the, in the days where it was some great days. Like I go back and I, I can read in my prayer journal and I can read these moments where things seemed awesome and, and, and just the, the, the dreams that I had set, the goals that I had set, man, it was, my life was surpassing those and everything seemed awesome. And then I can, I can read what I, was, what I was going through with the Lord and, and I can look at the darkest moments where I, I don't think I could have ever imagined that the awfulness, the, 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 the tragedy would strike that struck. And I can look at that moment and look at in that season what God was doing inside of me and God working in the midst of the brokenness and in the midst of the pain, in the midst of the hurt. And I don't say this to be arrogant. I say this to be transparent. But I remember going through that season along with some of my friends and we went through the same circumstance and the circumstance that caused me to go, okay, God, things are not as good as I thought. I'm God, make me and mold me. God, I want to come out of this fire more refined was the very thing that caused some of them to get accusation in their heart towards God and peel out and say, well, the church is a disaster. Here's my point. If you'll go deep in God, if you'll make this decision, I'm gonna be with him, I'm gonna know him, I'm gonna get close to him, then whatever difficulty, good days or bad, you go through, the greatest pinnacle in your life is not good circumstance. It's, I'm gonna be close. And you read the narratives of the Old Testament or you read the stories of the disciples and you find the same thing, that if you can be close to God, you'll define your life differently. You won't define your life as a success or a failure based upon if you have good days. It's this, I'm close to God and no matter what I go through, if I have the moment where I'm preaching to thousand in Acts chapter two like Peter or if the moment where I'm thrown in prison or if the moment where everybody's saying you're great or if the moment where you're going through people mocking you, whatever it is, it's this. I'm okay, why? Because I'm with him and I know him. And that's my prayer for you. My prayer is that you would, you would lock in with that and that you would make top priority. And I do mean top. I'm not saying, let's just make this, let's just say as a church, let's just make this one of our prayers. I'm talking top. I'm talking about that you're made for relationship. The reason why you exist is relationship with God. The thing that will last forever and ever is relationship with God. 
more significant than your house, more significant than your retirement, more significant than anything, more significant than fun, more significant than the chiefs, more significant than anything. This is, it, it, you are made to know God. And so if this priority becomes high and you're willing to leave the crowd, and leaving the crowd today looks different. Leaving the crowd today, I think, I mean, this is, on this, this is your crowd right now, right? Because <laughs> you got a whole crowd that's got the ability to get in touch with you at just about any moment right now. And turn it off, turn the TV off, and find your place, find your space, find your time, and just make this of highest priority. As for me, I'm gonna get alone with him. I'm gonna know him and make that resolution. Look at this. I just want you to see Jesus because Jesus is, is massively committed to this. Look at this. Jesus often spends time with God. Look at this, Luke chapter four, verse 42. At daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. There it is. Luke 5, 16, the text we're looking at, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Luke 6, 12, one of those days, Jesus went out to the mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. Luke 9, 18, once when Jesus was praying in, in private and his disciples were with him, Luke 11, 1. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place, Luke 22. Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives and verse 41 says, and prayed. So we've got story after story where this was a part of Jesus' regiment, where this was Jesus slipping away, getting away from the crowd. And really, that's just... Just that simple, but that's, that's my prayer for you, that it would, you would find your, your space, your way, and that you'd do it. And I want to tell you this story. It's kind of vulnerable, and I told this about 10 years ago, and I meant to be really serious, and everybody laughed, and so I've stopped telling this. Um, but I'm going to bring it out again and risk it as a church planter, see what happens. Here goes. Um, but, but, but for Anad and I, there was this, this awesome season where uh, when we were engaged, we were, we, were, we were both committed to spending time alone with Jesus every day, and we were spending time alone with God at Barnes & Noble, at a, at a Starbucks at Barnes & Noble, and it was just kind of, it was just part of kind of what we did, and so she was going to college and working a job, and I was going to college and going to college, and that's it, and uh, <laughs> did I have a job? I was kind of a youth pastor, but whatever, and so kind of working a job, and and we were just spending, we were spending time alone with God every day. And we got married and we went on our honeymoon and we were about to go start a new job at the church. And we were in Hawaii, which, you know, that's pretty amazing on your honeymoon being in Hawaii. And, but we had this, we just, it was just, even as we were dating, we'd just, been, we'd just been doing this God time alone thing. We'd both go there and we'd both spend time alone with God, pull out the Bibles, the journals, and the highlighters at the Starbucks. And so we're on our honeymoon and, and we're literally on our honeymoon and there's a Starbucks and you've got the beach and we're just like, we just, I tell you this, I don't, I don't tell you this like as braggadociously, I'm just, I'm telling you about our journey. Like we were like, there was this hunger, there was this desire where we were like, we just wanted to be with God. And so it is true that on our honeymoon, when the beach is right there, we would spend the morning sitting in a Starbucks and just marking up Bibles and praying and connecting with God and and in, in, in my journey, I don't know what, what your journey is, but in my journey, there's just nothing, there's been nothing that's been more precious. There's just been nothing that has helped me in, in everything in, in, in terms of just being close to God. Because when you, when you know you're close to God and when, you, when there's this real relationship, man, you're alive on the inside. And as your pastor, they're my greatest dreams that you just 
you'd be alive on the inside and know God. And that it would be, it would be real in your life. And that you would just make a resolution. And, I, and I'm not... I'm not, I'm not demanding the how. I'm not pressing a how. I'm not saying it's got to be this way. I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm leaning into the ache, that desire that you're made to know him. And so it's going to be, it's going to be costly because you'll have to give up something else. You'll have to, you know, you, everybody's got the same amount of time and and everybody kind of often does the whole thing where you say, well, I'm so busy. That's so almost always the answer. It's almost always the rebuttal. It's almost all, well, I mean, pastors do it. Everybody says the same thing. It's like, I just have too much responsibility. It's just, and, and David, I really loved you as a pastor until this Sunday. <laughs> but here's, here's my prayer for you. My prayer is just that something would click and that this would go not just into like a checklist of something that religious people do, but but this would be the way that you, that you encounter and, and know and, and walk with God and that you would have time that's just focused where it's just you and him and that you would open up the word of God and kind of get rid of, I, I, I would encourage you to get rid of media and, and just have a Bible, a notebook and be able to, I mean, I date it so I can go back and look at different seasons of my life and what my prayers were, what God was doing in that season, but you'd have that. You'd have that time, you'd have that place. And I think many of us, we've got so much in our lives, we're losing, we're missing out on the best thing. I mean, we've got, we've filled our lives with so much stuff that this, this intimate place of really knowing with God kind of gets pushed out. About 10 years ago, Renata and I went to go have breakfast at my sister's house. My sister lives here in Kansas City and her husband and their four kids and Renata and I, at that time, we just had two little children, and, and, and we were going to celebrate all day, but the, we didn't quite get the memo. We didn't quite realize that what the meal plan was going to be, and so Renata and I, on our drive over, we, we stopped at the drive-thru at McDonald's, and man, we just threw McDonald's at our kids, and we're stuffing our faces as we drive with McDonald's, and we pull up to celebrate Christmas with my family, and they have spent the last three hours making this incredible breakfast. And it was just kind of a lame moment because it was, you know, really, really good. And we were just too full. We just, we couldn't even eat. And so we're sitting at the, at the, the big table with just not even eating any, not enjoying any of it because we'd eaten McDonald's. And I just say that because I feel like that's so much of our lives where we just, man, we got to stay up to date on, you name it. We gotta stay up to date on the news and we gotta stay up to date on sports. We gotta stay up to date on politics. We gotta stay up to date with stock market. We gotta stay up to date with making sure that all the business things work. And we're gonna stay up to date on Facebook and seeing what we're fighting about today. And you just gotta figure, we gotta just got all the stuff and the thing that you're made for. There's just no space, just no capacity. And I know those, I know, I know, I, I care about the clean house and care about the clothes working and I know that the food's got to work and I know that education's got to work and I know your hobbies but all those things are rubbish compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord for whose sake Paul says I've lost all things so my prayer for you is that you would just come back at this a different way not come at this like I'm gonna I gotta do it because it's like my homework you know I gotta check the box the to-do list, check the box. But out of this, man, he loves me. He delights in me. 
And when I get with him, I'll be honest with you, you know how I start my time alone with God? I start with this. God, remind me how much you love me again. Because you know what? I feel kind of weak. I know the places where I'm missing it. And so even if that's where you start, I just, I just take Romans 5. Holy Spirit, pour out the love of God into my heart today. And I'm, I'm my favorite word. I'm, I'm, I'm in desperate need of you. I need you, God. I, 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 I. And I know you've got a lot going. Don't get me wrong. I know. I've been around a little bit, and I know you've got a, you've got a lot to do. But let me just close with this. I was 16 years old in Oklahoma City High School, and uh, I had a very determined goal. I was going to be in the high school yearbook pictured more than any other person in the high school. That was my goal. And I made an internal decision. I saw my sophomore year. Oh, I thought it was cool when in the index it had your name, and then there was just like number, 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 number. So I just decided, you know what? That's going to be me next year. And so I was in everything. I mean, I, I was determined. I was in every kind of, I mean, every kind of club. And I was in, I was, I was doing anything that I could get in from, I mean, not just in the club, but then I, I wanted to be one of the officers to just sit on the front so you could see my face. So I'm confessing sin at the same time, aren't I? I guess so. But it's sin that was 24 years old. So it's a long time ago. And, uh, and so, I mean, I was vice president of German club. I don't even know German, but I was vice president, you know, just, I just wanted in. Nobody else wanted to be vice president. And uh, so I'm sitting with my dad and we're sitting at a Burger King eating a Whopper and uh, I'm bragging. I'm telling him about it. High school. I'm telling him about all I'm doing. I'm kind of proud of myself because I'm on pace. I mean, I'm doing a lot. I'm after school every day. I mean, I'm in, I'm in musicals. I'm in dramas. I'm in choir. I'm in drama. I'm in, I'm in all this stuff. And I'm leading the youth group and I'm leading a small group and I'm leading the prayer meetings in the morning and I've got a job and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, chest puffed up because I can feel it even at school. I got friends. People are thinking I'm Mr., you know, Mr. High School, I'm doing it. And I just remember my dad looked at me and I'm, he looked at me and he goes, wow, sounds like you got a lot going. <laughs> I thought it was a compliment. And he says this phrase that it really did Im impact my life. He said, David, it sounds like you're doing a lot of good things. But he said, son, you only have time for God things. And I changed on a dime. Like I remember, because I remember it, the Burger King conversation where I went in and <laughs> I quit a bunch of clubs <laughs> the next day. I, I quit my job and I decided and I put a couple different things, my junior year of high school, I'm gonna spend time with God. I'm gonna lead that prayer meeting every day. I don't have time for the good things. I'm made for relationship. I only have time for the God things. And friends, I tell you that because in your journey, with a lawn to mow, taxes to pay, whatever you got going, your business, parenting, you got a lot. And I want to invite you just to shuffle the deck and just go, but as for me, I'm going to know him. 
Look at Jesus, your Savior. 1 John 2, 6. Anyone who claims to be in Christ must walk as Jesus did. What did Jesus do? He slipped away to be alone with his Father. It's not just a good idea of American Christianity in 2017. It's a biblical pattern that we see our Savior doing. And your best way to get close to God is do what Jesus did. Slip away. Turn your back on the crowd. Turn your back on some good things and spend time with God. I invite you, if you just bow your head with me. I just want to give you a moment just between you and God and will you just take a moment and pray. Just respond to him, whatever's in your heart. Maybe it's just a resolution to spend time with him. Maybe you want to talk time and place with God right now. you and Jesus. Just take a moment. Maybe you're in this room today and you haven't decided to follow Jesus and today you want to make that choice. You don't want to do life with you as the Lord. You want him to be Lord of all. If that's you today, I want to invite you that this is the best decision you'll make. Make a decision to follow Jesus. And if that's you, I'd like you just, just between you and God, wherever you're at, just to pray this prayer. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I confess I'm broken and living for me. I don't want to live that way. I want to live for you. Come and save me from my sin, my choices. Come be the Lord of my life. Change me. Save me. Come be in me. I want to live with you forever. I want to know you intimately now. Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give everybody who prayed that. Can you just give them a hand over your seat? Can you do that, everybody? Yeah. So great. If you made that decision, there's a card on your seat. And I just invite you just to mark that, that you gave your life to Jesus today. And we would love to help you take your next step and being a follower of Jesus. It's the best choice you'll ever make. Also on there, I want to just want to encourage you to keep writing those prayer requests on that connection card. You can just slip it in the offering as it goes by. Let's stand and uh, we're going to worship the Lord together as we give. Let's just, we're going to sing this song, God with us, right? God for us, God with us, God with us, yes. And uh, I just want you to just take this last moment, as always, and let the last expression be as we leave, be worshiping God. All right? So try not to think about lunch future thing. Let's just focus our hearts and our affections on Jesus. All right. Let's worship the Lord together as we sing and as we give. Thanks again for listening. To learn more and to join our Radiant family, check us out on social media and online at radiantchurchkc.com.